0: And Welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some readers might find offensive or unsettling, The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. I'm your host, Kayla, the Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. Today, I'm going to be reading from Today, Tonight, Tomorrow by Rachel Lynn Solomon. This author has one of my favorite author bios. It says she writes, tap dances, and collects lipstick. She writes romantic comedies for teens and adults. Today, Tonight, Tomorrow is a YA book published in 2020. And the summary is, Today, she hates him. It's the last day of senior year. Rowan Roth and Neil McNair have been bitter rivals for all of high school, clashing over test scores, student council elections, and even gym class pull-up contests. While Rowan, who secretly wants to write romance novels, is anxious about the future, she'd love to beat her infuriating academic nemesis one last time. Tonight, she puts up with him. When Neil is named Val Victorian, Rowan has only one more chance at victory. Hal, a senior class game that takes them all over Seattle, a farewell tour of the city she loves. But after learning that a group of seniors is out to get them, she and Neil reluctantly decide to team up until they're the last players left, and then they'll destroy each other. As Rowan spends more time with Neil, she realizes he's much more than the awkward linguistics nerd she's sparred with for the past four years, and perhaps this boy she claims to despise might actually be the boy of her dreams. Tomorrow, maybe she's already fallen for him. Okay, so this is a contemporary romantic comedy from enemies to lovers, and it's a slow burn. The sequel comes out in June, which I'm really excited to read. If you have read these books, it's very much a hating game meets book smart. Some content warnings, anti-Semitism, misogyny, drug use, and bullying. Please take care of yourself first. And without further ado, let's read the first chapter. 5.54 5:54 a.m. Mick Nightmare. Good morning. This is a friendly reminder that you have three hours and counting before suffering a humiliating defeat at the hands of your future Val Victorian. Bring tissues. I know you're a crier. The text jolts me from sleep a minute before my 5:55 alarm. Three quick pulses to let me know my least favorite person is already awake. Neil McNair. McNightmare, in my phone, is annoyingly punctual. It's one of his only good traits. We've been text-taunting since we were sophomores after a series of morning threats made by both of us late for homeroom. For a while last year, I decided to be the mature one, vowed to make my room a McNair-free zone. I put my phone on silent before slipping into bed, but beneath the pillow, my fingers twitched with combative responses. I couldn't sleep, thinking he might be texting me, baiting, waiting. Neil McNair has become my alarm clock, if alarm clocks had freckles and knew all your insecurities. I fling back the sheets, ready for battle. Oh, I didn't realize we still thought crying was a sign of weakness. In the interest of accuracy, I'd like to point out that you've only seen me cry once, and I'm not sure that necessarily makes me a crier. Over a book, You were inconsolable. It's called an emotion. I highly recommend feeling one sometime. In his mind, the only thing you're supposed to feel while reading a book is a sense of superiority. He's the kind of person who believes all real literature has already been written by dead white men. If he could, he'd bring Hemingway back to life for one last cocktail, smoke a cigar with Fitzgerald, dissect the nature of human existence with Steinbeck. Our rivalry dates back to freshman year, when a small panel of judges declared his essay the winner of a school-wide contest about the book that had impacted us the most. I came in second. McNair, in all his originality, picked The Great Gatsby, and I picked Vision and White, my favorite Nora Roberts, a choice he scoffed at even after he'd won, insinuating I shouldn't have gotten second place for picking a romance novel. This was clearly a really valid stance for someone who'd likely never read one. I've despised him ever since, but I can't deny he's been a worthy antagonist. That essay contest made me determined to beat him the next chance I got, whatever it happened to be, and I did, in an election for freshman class rep. He turned around and narrowly edged me in a history class debate, so I collected more cans than he did, for environmental club, further cementing us as competitors. We've compared test scores and GPAs and clashed on everything from school projects to gym class pull-up contests. We can't seem to stop trying to one-up each other, until now. After graduation this weekend, I'll never have to see him again. No more morning texts, no more sleepless nights. I'm almost free. I dropped my phone back onto the nightstand next to my writing journal. It's open to a sentence I scribbled in the middle of the night. I flip on the lamp to take a closer look, to see if my 2 a.m. nonsense makes sense in the daylight, but the room stays dark. Frowning, I toggle the switch a few more times before getting out of bed and try the ceiling light. Nothing. It rained all night, a June storm tossing twigs and pine needles at our house, and the wind must have snapped a power line. I grab my phone again. 12% battery and no reply from McNair. Mom, I call, racing out of my room and down the stairs. Anxiety pitches my voice an octave higher than usual. Dad? My mom pokes her head out of the office. Orange glasses lie crooked across the bridge of her nose, and her long, dark curls, the ones I'd inherited, are wilder than usual. We've never been able to tame them. My two great nemesis in life, Neil McNair and my hair. Rowan, my mom says, what are you doing up? It's... Morning? She straightens her glasses and peers down at her watch. I guess we've been in here a while. The windowless office is dark, except for a few candles in the middle of their massive desk, illuminating stacks of pages slashed with red ink. Are you working by candlelight, I ask? We had to. Power's out on the whole street, and we're on a deadline. My parents, author-illustrator duo Jared Roth and Ilana Garcia Roth, have written more than 30 books together, from picture books about unlikely animal friendships to a chapter book series about a tween paleontologist named Riley Rodriguez. My mom was born in Mexico City to a Russian Jewish mother and a Mexican father. She was 13 when her mother remarried a Texan and moved the family north. Until she went to college and met my Jewish father, she spent summers in Mexico with her father's family, and when they started writing words, Mom, pictures, Dad, they wanted to explore how a child might embrace both cultures. My dad appears behind her, yawning. The book they're working on is a spin-off about Riley's younger sister, an aspiring pastry chef. Pastel cakes and pies and fresh macaroons leap off the pages. Hey, Roro, he says, using his nickname for me. When I was a kid, he used to sing Row, Row, Row in Your Boat, and I was devastated when I learned those weren't the real lyrics. Happy last day of school. I can't believe it's finally here. I stare at the carpet, suddenly gripped by nerves. I've already cleaned out my locker and taken my finals breakdown free. I have too much to do today as a student council co-president to get nervous now. I'm leading the senior farewell assembly. Oh, my mother exclaims as though suddenly waking up, we need a picture with the unicorn. I groan. I was hoping they'd forgotten. Can it wait until later? I don't want to be late. 10 seconds. And aren't you signing yearbooks and playing games today? My mom cups my shoulder and gently shakes me back and forth. You're almost done. Don't stress so much. She always says I carry too much tension in my shoulders. By the time I'm 30, my shoulders will probably touch my earlobes. My mom rummages around the hall closet returning with a unicorn shaped backpack I wore on my first day of kindergarten. In that first first day photo, I'm all sunshine and optimism. When they snapped a picture on the last day of kindergarten, I looked like I wanted to set that backpack on fire. They were so amused. They've taken photos on the first and last day of school ever since. It's the inspiration for their best-selling picture book, Unicorn Goes to School. It's odd sometimes, to think about how many kids grew up knowing me without really knowing me. Despite my reluctance, the backpack always makes me smile. The unicorn's poor horn is hanging on by a thread and one hoof is missing. I stretch the straps as far as they'll go and strike a tortured pose for my parents. Perfect, my mom says laughing. You really look like you're in agony. This moment with my parents makes me wonder if today will be a day of lasts. Last day of school, Last morning text from McNair, last photo with this aging backpack. I'm not sure if I'm ready to say goodbye to everything yet. My dad taps his watch. We should get back to it. He tosses me a flashlight, so you don't have to shower in the dark. Last shower of high school. Maybe that's the definition of nostalgia. Getting sappy about things that are supposed to be insignificant. After showering, I wrestle my hair into a damp bun, not trusting it to air dry, into a flattering shape. On my first try, I draw a flawless cat eye with liquid liner, but I have to settle for a mediocre little flick on the left side. My kingdom for the ability to apply a symmetrical face of makeup. Last cat eye of high school, I think, and then I stop myself because if I get weepy about eyeliner, I have no chance of making it through the day. McNair, with his punctuation and capital letters, pops back up like the world's worst game of whack a mole. Aren't you in the neighborhood without power? I'd hate to mark you late, or have you lose the perfect attendance award. Have they ever had a student council co-president win zero awards? The outfit I planned days ago waits in my closet. My favorite sleeveless blue dress with a Peter Pan collar. The one I found in the vintage section at red light. When I tried it on and dipped my hands into the pockets, I knew it had to be mine. My friend Kirby once described my style as hipster librarian meets 1950s housewife. My body is what a women's magazine call pear-shaped, with a large chest and larger hips. I don't have to struggle with vintage clothes the way I do with modern ones. I finish the look with knee socks, ballet flats, and a cream cardigan. I'm poking a simple gold stud through one earlobe when the envelope catches my eye. Of course, I set it out at the beginning of the week and I've been staring at it every day since, a mix of dread and excitement warring in my stomach. Most of the time, the dread is winning. In my 14-year-old handwriting, which is a little larger and loopier than it is now, it says, open on last day of high school, a time capsule of sorts, in the sense that I sealed it four years ago and have only fleetingly thought about it since. I'm only half certain what's inside it. I don't have time to read it now, so I slide it into my Navy Jansport along with my yearbook and journal. How have you not run out of ways to mock me after four years? What can I say? You're an endless source of inspiration and you're an endless source of migraines. I'm leaving, love you, good luck. I called to my parents before shutting the front door, realizing with a twinge of my heart that I won't be able to do that next year. <laughs> Excedrin and Kleenex, don't forget. My car is parked around the block since most Seattle garages are barely big enough for our Halloween decorations. Once inside, I plug my phone into the charger, pluck a bobby pin from the cup holder and plunge it into my mountain of hair, imagining I'm jabbing it into the space between McNightmare's eyebrows instead. I'm so close to Val Victorian. three more hours, like his first message so helpfully reminded me. During the farewell assembly, the Westview High School president, We'll call one of our names, and in my perfect last day fantasy, it's mine. I've only been dreaming about it for years, the rivalry to end all rivalries. The velvet bow wrapped around my high school experience. At first, McNair will be so devastated, he won't be able to look at me. His shoulders will hunch, and he'll stare down at his tie because he always dresses up on assembly days. He'll feel so embarrassed, like this loser in a suit. Beneath his freckles, his pale skin will flush to match his fiery red hair. He has more freckles than he has face. He'll cycle through five stages of grief before arriving at acceptance of the fact that after all these years, I have finally bested him. I have won. Then he'll glance up at me with an expression of utmost respect. He'll dip his head in deference. You've earned this, he'll say. Congratulations, Rowan. And he'll mean it. Meet Delilah Park tonight in Seattle. Delilah Park Publicity, June 12th, 6:35 a.m. Good morning, lovers of love. Internationally best-selling author of Delilah Park's Scandal at Sunset Tour continues this evening with a stop at Seattle's Books and More at 8 p.m. Don't miss your chance to meet her in person and take your photo with a 10-foot replica of the Sugar Lake Gazebo and be sure to grab Delilah's new book, Scandal at Sunset, on sale now. X's and O's, Delilah Park's publicity team. And that's the end of chapter one. What do you guys think will happen next? Do you think that Rowan will get Val Victorian, or do you think Neil McNightmare will get it? I'm excited to learn more about The Howl and how they band together. I hope that you found this chapter intriguing enough to check it out. If not, there's always another book just waiting to be discovered. You can check this book out as a physical book in the library or digitally as an e-book, e-audiobook. If you need any library card help or any help with Libby, let us know. We're always happy to help. Please check the show notes for some read-alikes. And thank you for listening. Join me next time for another Next Reads.